630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. The 2022 LDC is underway. Let's like this rocket. Sergio Castillo uh, with the kick. Litre's in the backfield. Low snap. Football's loose. And I think the Stampeders have recovered it. Like Mark Cordy did not get the snap away. And the ball is recovered by the Stampeders. Derek Wigan. Mayer stays in the game at quarterback. He'll operate from the shotgun as he waits for the snap. There it is. He'll give it to Terry. And Terry's into the end zone for a touchdown. Calgary strikes first on Labor Day. It's 6-0. Kadeem Carey with a three-yard run to the end zone. Here's Cornelius stepping up to the top of the pocket. He's going deep to the end zone, and it is complete touchdown Elks and up Edmonton, and it is Mitchell into the end zone with his first CFL touchdown. A bomb from Taylor Cornelius, and the Elks are a PAT away from tying this game. The snap on second down. Cornelius will get out of some trouble to the left side, then has the ball knocked out of his hands, and the Stampeders, I believe, will recover it on the sidelines and knock it out of bounds. Another turnover by the Elks, their second of this game, and it puts the Stampeders in great field position at the Edmonton 43-yard line. Here's the pass across to the far side, and they convert in the red zone there. Touchdown for the Stampeders, and they retake the lead. Fourth reception of the game for Reggie Bagleton is in the end zone, and the horse is running at McMahon Stadium. So the Stampeders regain the lead, and they're going for two. Stampeders 0 for 3 in two-point conversions this year. Merrick takes the snap. He'll throw into the end zone. It is complete. Oh, oh a blocked punt now. The Stampeders are going to recover it, and it's inside the 15, and the Calgary Stampeders, after a blocked punt, are themselves in position to take control of the Labor Day Classic. From the 12, motion starts, Mayer drops back, everybody's going, and he's going to the end zone, and is it complete? Yes. Touchdown, Calgary. Thank Terrific you. catch at the back of the end wow. by Reggie Bagleton, who's now got a pair. Motion starts, Cornelius takes the snap and drops back. He's got some pressure coming, he's got to roll to the right side, he's in trouble across the field, throws into the back of the end zone. He's got it. Touchdown, Elks. What a catch at the back of the end zone. And I think that is Jalen Marshall. Marshall gets yes. it at the back of the end zone. He's got the touchdown. Man, oh, man, Taylor Cornelius turned nothing into something on that one because he had all sorts of pressure on him, and he ran a long way. The Elks lose to the Stampeders 26-18. There you go. In a nutshell, the Labor Day Classic from yesterday afternoon in Calgary, a pretty entertaining game, a game where I think the Elks were closer, longer, and better than most people thought and most people expected. So full credit for them to hang in there with the Calgary Stampeders. But in the end, it was a loss, uh, and uh, it uh, drops their record uh, this year even further. Uh, they have three wins so far this season. They'll look for redemption coming up on Saturday night. Uh, Labor Day, look back. Well, they won last year. We know that, right? Played pretty well in that game last year. To win it, Trevor Harris was terrific in that football game last year, uh, but the Elks 
have now lost 13 of the last 16 Labor Day Classics played in Calgary. Outscored 15-3 to in the third quarter of the game yesterday, and that was pretty much the turning point after they led 8-7 at the half. Uh, some of the uh, things that went wrong, well, three fumbles and four turnovers. They took uh, seven penalties for 75 yards, a couple of those penalties at very bad, very inopportune times. Uh, they gave up six quarterback sacks. Four times those sacks were given given up on second downs, which ended the series. They had a punt blocked. When they got the punt away, they allowed Peyton Logan to have a 15.3-yard punt return average. His longest was 49. There was some good stuff in the game, too. Let's not uh, lose hold of that. How about Kevin Brown? What a little spark plug he was playing his first game of pro football, his first game as a member of the Edmonton Elks. Uh, He had uh, 11 touches out of the backfield for 96 total yards, five rushes for 45 yards. That's an average of nine per carry. His longest was 17 yards. He also caught six on six attempts for 51 yards as well. So Kevin Brown was a spark plug. Dylan Mitchell was as well. Six receptions, 79 yards to lead the team in receiving. His longest was the touchdown we heard, 48 yards from Taylor Cornelius. Uh, Vincent Forbes Montblou played uh, thrust into action in the game because of an injury uh, in uh, practice to uh, Chris Osikusi. He had only one day of practice, came in, two catches for 26 yards in his first CFL game. Uh, New guys added to the to the lineup as well. Avery Ellis, three defensive tackles and a quarterback sack. Um, there was uh, Jeff Richard playing defensive uh, back. He had three defensive tackles. Jake Ceresna was a monster again. Four tackles and two sacks. Uh, Adam Konar played a real strong game also. Two tackles, a tackle for a loss, and a knockdown as well. And uh, Enoch McConzo continues to improve. That kid's getting better and better every game. That was his fourth game as a starter, and he does not by any means look out of place. Uh, after the game yesterday, uh, Dave and I talked with the head coach Chris Jones and got his thoughts on the football game. First half, I thought, you know, too many penalties that killed drives. I mean, we got some decent drives going and then eventually would kill them with a with some type of penalty. Stayed backed up. We took two holding penalties in the special teams kick return area. We've got to shore that up because it, it keeps us, you know, in the lower end of our field and uh, we have no field position. And then, uh, you know, thirdly, I thought in the second half that they, they got too many big plays uh, against our defense, and then certainly the, the big play was the, the punt block. I mean, so when you look at all the things, I mean, cumulatively as a football team, you know, we're closer, but we still have to uh, we have to we have to finish games. You know, we have to play four quarters the entire the entire game, and uh, you know we're closer than we were, but uh, still a still a you know a seven eight point loss. You were forced to make some changes to your lineup today. I thought a lot of the guys you inserted uh, made impacts. I'd be it uh, Kevin Brown or Dylan Mitchell or Richards on defense. Uh, some of the guys that were new to the team and new to their roles really were spark plugs tonight a bit. Well, I mean they're good players. I mean we uh, you know G Roy does a good job. Our personnel. Uh, department does a really good job of finding our players and you know uh, and I thought our coaches on short notice put our guys in position to uh, to have some success and then of course the uh, the credit goes to the player themselves out there on the field just just making the play I know this drives you nuts and you already talked about it but I'm going to just try and expand on it just you know last week it was the second quarter and the second quarter has been your toughest quarter but you survived this one he played really well in that second quarter even though it was only one point scored third quarter comes out and and he had four straight tune-outs on offense. And I think the point I'm getting at is, you know, good teams will have tough moments, tough drives, but 
you know, you got to cut that down. Like you get to the point where instead of four, it's like two, and then you come back, and then it's more of a balance instead of one quarter where it just seems to really fall apart on you. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, you're all correct. The third quarter was really tough on us. We had a lot of two and outs, and and then of course, uh, like I say, the the pump block there uh, there yeah. late that really you know kind of. I mean, you got a short field, and and we should have held them to a uh, field goal, and they end up getting a touchdown out of it. So we've got to. Uh, find ways to not give those plays up. What was your uh, read on uh, Taylor's performance? I mean, it was a good first half. It was kind of a rally in the fourth quarter for him, and unfortunately, there was six sacks given up uh, on him. But what was your what was your read initially? Well, I mean, it's pretty tough when you got as much pressure as yeah. he was under. I mean, he uh, he did what he could do. He did miss a couple of throws. He missed a bubble throw, put it on the ground, yeah. and a couple of other throws where. But uh, we've got to find a, a way to protect him better, and, and uh, he's got to, when the throws are there, he's got to put them on the money. Kevin Brown seems to be that nice spark for your offense that, that you need to kind of build the confidence and kind of get the, get the play calling kind of expanded a little bit. Well, I mean, he's a good player. He was a good player in college, and we, uh, when we were scouting in Texas, we, we were told by more than one of our people down there that, you know, the running back at Inconnate Word was a good player, and so we started, you know, watching some film on him, and uh, we put him on our neg list, and then uh, when he became available, uh, we, we got an opportunity to bring him up. Unfortunately, it was just here late in the year. These two games are on the schedule every year, and they don't catch anyone by surprise, but still when it gets here, it's a tough week. It's a tough turnaround for you. Just talk a little bit about what, what you want to accomplish this week before Saturday night's rematch. Yeah, you know what? It's awful good, though, quite honestly. I mean, I like the quick turnaround. I mean, uh, you know, the, the players, thank goodness, I think we came out of this one without, uh, you know, a lot of injuries. And so, you know, five days later, we get to play the same football team, and uh, and I'm sure that they'll have some new wrinkles for us, as, as we will them. Saturday night on the Rickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. It'll be a 6 o'clock start, 4.30 for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30. Chad, uh, tickets via Ticketmaster, all your ticket information and event information about what's going on around the stadium as well. You can head to GoElks.com. Elks now 3-9. and nine. Calgary goes to 7-4 and four with the win. We'll talk about it some more and look ahead to the game coming up on Saturday when we check in with Blake Dermott after the break. My name's Morley Scott. You're listening to the Elks This Week on 6.30. Chad. More football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. We definitely played hard. We had a, we fought right to the end. Um, it was a tough close game, and, you know, it just feels like we're, we're a couple pieces away from kind of putting it together and playing a complete game and coming out of the W. So we, we got him again on Saturday, so we just got to hit the film room, uh, practice hard, and uh, get ready to play him again. Two sacks and four defensive tackles for Jake Ceresna in the game yesterday in Calgary. Uh, one of the Elks' uh, best players yesterday. One of their better players all season long when he's been healthy. He's got six sacks this year, and he's missed six games as well. That was uh, Jake Ceresna. We welcome in now to the Elks this week, Blake Dermott, our uh, Elks analyst, to, to join us. Uh, Blake, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Yeah, I, I didn't play yesterday. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Imagine the guys who did aren't feeling so good because it was, it was, it was another one of the those same kind of games, right? They, we saw some good stuff. We saw some bad stuff. Unfortunately, the bad stuff seems to happen at the wrong time. Yeah, it, and when you look at the, the, the sort of the way their season has gone, they they have just uh, moments of. Uh, that can last for a whole quarter um, where they just absolutely implode or they make enough mistakes that they're all of a sudden now from, from being competitive to being in a hole that they can't get out of. 
and uh, that was uh, what happened in the third quarter. Uh, they just they, they you know and they did an awful lot of really good things, um, you know. But it, but it's like God, they, and they always say we've got to play four quarters this year. And and even you know you, there isn't a team in the league that plays a good four quarters. But if you can just you know minimize or at least when something goes bad, you can rebound quickly and and recover from that. But it seems like they, you know, they gave up two touchdowns in a in a very short period of time on on mistakes, and uh, and that's where the good teams uh, find ways to to be able to uh, to drop anchor and, and stop the skidding in in a hurry. And and the Elks just aren't there yet this year. Yeah, it seems like you know we, we've seen Winnipeg play some games that they didn't play very well in, including the game here earlier this year where Kolaris only completed seven passes. But, I mean, they always seem to find a way to win, and it's the other way around for the Elks, who no matter how well they seem to play, those mistakes come up and it, and it costs them, and they can't recover from it. And, and, you know, even yesterday they recovered a little bit, got it to within a one-score game, but uh, but couldn't get any closer than that. And they're, they're just a team that they don't do anything the easy way this year. Well, you know, and and a lot of times that that when you're when you're seeing that progression and uh, teams eventually figure it out, they eventually do. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago that uh, that Winnipeg was in a position where they were calling for their head coach's head, mm-hmm. and and now they've won two great cups in a row and have been the dominant team again this year. I mean, they there wasn't that long ago there was a team that had some really good pieces that couldn't find a way to win and they found they, they found ways to lose all the time and uh and every team has gone through that um the it seems to me like the elks are getting closer and closer to that breakout point where they they're going to play a game and, and not just one game like a decent game like they did against ottawa or you know a game earlier this year where they won uh they're going to play a game where they they win and then they 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 remember the formula and they'll win again and I don't and I and that's going to happen before the season's out I know it is and they're going to they're going to get to that position I said this at the beginning by the end of the year I believe that they could be a team that nobody's going to want to play uh, because they're starting to get some decent pieces I mean they've been able to find some guys I, I Taylor Cornelius had probably his his best game that he's played as yeah. as an elk um, 257 yards, a quarterback uh, a passing ratio, or whatever it was, whatever they, that, that wild formula they come up with, at 120, and he's been operating at around 80 all year, and uh, you know, no interceptions. Um, they, 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 it looks like they've got uh, some couple of nice pieces. I thought Kevin Brown. We talked about that earlier. Kevin Brown looked pretty good. Uh, of course, Mitchell out there in the, at the the uh, receiver spot and and, uh, and and Marshall as well. Those are a couple of guys that sort of fit in really well. And then, you know, and, and positives, when you think about really good positives, uh, and is it, uh, 35 minutes of, of, uh, of uh, ball control that they had, and the, the, the Stamps have given up nine quarterback sacks over the course of the season. Nine, that's in 10 games, not even a sack a game. And the Elks got one-third of those in one game. And so uh, Ellis, I think, worked really well with Jake Zeresny. You had him on, on a little clip. You know, three quarterback sacks in the game. That, that's something that no team has done to them this year. In spite of all the other things, no team has done that to the Stamps. So this is a team that is making some progress. And it's, you know, it's tough when we're impatient. And, and, uh, and I don't think there's anybody more impatient than the coaching staff, the organization, and the players. But I really, truly believe that they're on the right track.
Yeah, and indeed, I, I'm I'm with you on that. And and you mentioned they could be a team by the end of the year that nobody wants to play. Sadly, they may be in too big of a hole to get into a position where they'll they'll challenge for a playoff spot. And that's the that's the that's the sad thing for them. Uh, they're pretty much going to have to run the table the the remaining six games of the year if they're going to uh, get any uh, interest in a playoff spot because they've fallen that far behind. But you know they got Calgary once, they got Saskatchewan coming up. You know, and in, in the schedule they got some Eastern teams after that at home. So they got a schedule that that maybe you know but i mean we've been saying this for a month now that they got to get hot and they got to start to reel off some wins we we talked about that four game stretch in august and is it if they win three out of four well they lost three out of four and they're not doing themselves any favors but indeed they are they are getting better calgary again on saturday for the uh, for the labor day rematch uh blake this game's been on the schedule for a while and and i think the game days are obviously important the monday in calgary uh when you played it was the friday in edmonton now it's the saturday uh in edmonton uh, right now the games the game days are important but how important are the four days between games now uh, for these teams to make sure I guess they get their their bodies in order and their game plan in order and make any kind of tweaks that they that they need feel they need to make before uh, they go back on the field again on Saturday well you know more more than anything I think more than tweaks uh, because there's there's going to be very few on either side of the ball uh, because uh, um, I, I mean the Elks will say this and I'm sure the Stamps will say this have you know because they, they expected the you know 14 point favorite they're going to blow them out there's going to just be they didn't do very well and and a lot of it comes down to and every coach every uh, player will say well we just got to execute better we got to do the things right and if we do those things right it doesn't matter who we're going to play against and I think I think the emphasis is going to be on that is yeah each team is going to throw a wrinkle so no matter what you put in uh, there's, it's, it's got to be minor because you don't have enough time to really you know to put a ton of stuff in and it's and it's the good thing is is you know who you played last week you know what kind of player they are you know what kind of defense you're going to see and as like Dickinson said before the game he said it's a scheme you know they sure they got a lot of players coming in uh, talking about the Elks you know there's been a lot of changes but they're still the same coaches and they still play the same schemes and all of these coaches have been in this league long enough to know that the other guys I, I bet you I bet you coach Jones has a book on every play that Dickinson's ever ever run and uh, you know and and they, they they will be able to draw on their past experience but I don't think anybody's going to come out and surprise them it's going to come down to basically execution. Are you going to give up a big punt return? Are you going to give up, you know, uh, are you going to take the penalties that killed you? Those are the things that, that they've been plaguing this team all year. And if they can stop doing that, then, uh, then yeah, they, they probably have two or three more wins in, their, in, in, their, uh, in the win column. For sure. Um, I want to get your comment on the O-line from yesterday. Uh, they took some key penalties that, that took some plays off the board. Uh, they gave up six sacks. Uh, there, there was a fumble because of a bad snap, and, and Mark Cordy had, I think he had a tough time at the center position getting the ball back to Cornelius uh, conveniently every every down. Give me your give me your thoughts on what you saw from the offensive line. Well, I, I think that this could have been one of the worst games that group has played this year. Um, they uh, uh, almost the same group, the identical group that played against Ottawa, with the exception of Garnett at the tackle spot. Um, but I don't, I don't think that they played very well. I think that the um, and and I and I'm just, you know, watching it from a guy who used to play that those positions. I I think you're you're correct in your assessment. I think. Uh, uh, Cordy had trouble with the snaps for whatever reason. They were there was an, a, a lot of low snaps. I thought both tackles had had issues in the game, and uh, um, I think they they there were times that, uh, that you, you know that I just went wow what, what are you guys doing technique wise? 
Um, and that's what it was. It was technique-wise. It wasn't. It wasn't the fact that they. I don't think they knew what they were doing. And I thought. I thought that uh, both of the guards probably had games where they wished that they. Uh, are going to be glad that they got another opportunity. So from as, from as a whole, the whole group, I, I don't think they played very well. And uh, and if they if they play like that again next week uh, on Saturday, they'll lose again. But uh, I don't believe that they will. Yeah, they got to be better. Calgary's going to be better. I think we can we can bet on that. So the Elks are going to have to be much better as well. Uh, the second game's become a great tradition as well. Uh, the Labor Day series started 73 years ago on the exact date of yesterday, September 5th, 1949. Uh, the rematch game started, I think it was mid to late 80s. I know you were a part of it then. We'll save maybe save that conversation for uh, for our our talk uh, on the pregame show coming up on on Saturday. So uh, we look forward to that, and uh, hopefully that uh, we'll get as a entertaining game on uh, Saturday as we did yesterday and for Elks fans and the Elks hopefully a little better result. Uh, Blake thanks for your time tonight as always and uh, we'll see you on Saturday. All right Morley talk to you later. All right, uh, that is uh, Blake Dermott, our uh, Inside the Game analyst for Elks football and, of course, a longtime member of the Edmonton football team. He's, he's won a few uh, games on Labor Day. He's won a few games on the rematch as well. So our thanks to Blake for joining us on the program uh, tonight. Also, thanks to Kellen Kennedy, who was our studio producer for the show tonight. It'll be the Elks and the Stampeders on Saturday. It's a 4.30 kickoff. 6 o'clock is game time on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium for the Labor Day rematch game. Uh, a couple of other things uh, to quickly tell you about, well, I guess one, uh, that is the Elks Annual Dinner, which is coming up on September 26th, with a twist this year as it returns for the first time since 2019. The three guys who went up on the Wall of Honor, uh, they will be uh, present at the dinner, and they will speak. Uh, the dinner itself is going to be on the field at Commonwealth Stadium, which is uh, just sounds like it'll be a, a great atmosphere. Lights will be on. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. That is on the 26th of this month. Head to GoElks.com for more info. Ticketmaster for your ticket information for both the dinner and for the game on Saturday night. My name is Morley Scott. I'll see you tomorrow morning on 630 Ted Mornings.